Good morning, everyone. How's it going? Hope you're doing well this morning. So it looks like it's just me, at least here in the beginning. Uh, Joey is um, on his way over here. Uh, it is early in the morning, so, but anyways. Um, so we are going through the book of Pilgrim's Progress, a book that has really just transformed my understanding of the gospel and changed my life, really. Um, and I want to begin by talking about the uh, some of the comments other people have made in history regarding uh, Pilgrim's Progress. It, the... the the impact, the global impact that <clears throat> that Pilgrim's Progress has had on on not just uh, Christianity and the gospel, but just um, in just so many areas is totally incredible. I did not realize how many people um, have read and still read Pilgrim's Progress uh, to this day. Um, I had it pulled up here. Let's see. It is in regard specifically to uh, Charles Spurgeon. So some of you may have um, heard about Charles Spurgeon. He was known as the Prince of Preachers. Um, and he was, he was recorded to have read um, Pilgrim's Progress a hundred times uh, in his lifetime. He read it once once a year, I think is at least once a year, and then um, many times beyond that. So uh, here we go. Spurgeon, seven. Spurgeon, is this it? Yeah, uh, this comes from um, Spurgeon.org. Spurgeon's favorite book was The Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. Uh, Spurgeon first encountered the allegory as a child in his grandfather's attic in Stanbourne, even before he could read, the pictures of the Christian's pilgrimage impressed the narrative into his young mind. Next to the Bible, the book I value most is John Bunyan's Pilgrim, Pilgrim's Progress. I believe I have read through it at least a hundred times. Uh, read anything by John Bunyan. This is a quote from. These are quotes from. Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon, read anything by John Bunyan, and you will see that it is almost like reading the Bible itself. Why, the man is a living Bible. Prick him anywhere, and you'll find that his blood is bibbling. The very essence of the Bible flows from him. As Spurgeon quoted Bunyan's allegory often in his sermons. It was a first gift he presented to Susanna, his wife-to-be. Uh, Spurgeon, I did not know this, Spurgeon frequently visited Bunyan's tomb in Bunhill Fields and even preached the installation service for its refurbishment in May 20, on May 21st, 1860. Uh, Beyond the Bible, The Pilgrim's Progress is the most published book in English. The most published book. Interesting. The Victorian family worth their Christian salt <laughs> owned a copy and has even displayed it. Um, Ever since John Bunyan wrote the late wrote it in the late 17th century, evangelicals have seen themselves in the story. Each one of us knows a feeling of falling into despair. Let's see if there's anything more specifically from Spurgeon, and not not right away, but anyways, yeah. I just wanted to kind of preface the, uh, the stream today with just some of the uh, thoughts of other people much greater back in history 
um, who had their thoughts on this book. I just thought it was interesting that Charles Spurgeon loved this book. This was his favorite book outside of the Bible. Um, so very interesting. But anyways, I, I do want to spend a little bit more uh, time uh, getting through the, uh, the apology for this book and then getting on to the actual chapters. I really, really enjoy um, the actual storyline. But if you've never read the unabridged book, uh, of P the Pilgrim's Progress, then I highly recommend that you do that uh, with a dictionary because, um, or at least maybe even <laughs> access to the internet, just because a lot of the words are not even in our modern dictionaries. Uh, we left off yesterday um, talking about uh, reading through uh, the Apology where he talks about just basically making a case for approaching and delivering the truth in any method possible and instead of hating on the method um, just appreciating the truth uh, so let's see here i'll go ahead and start well yet i well yet i am not fully satisfied this that this your book will stand when soundly tried why what's the matter it's dark what though but it is feigned what of that i trow some men by feigned words, as dark as mine, make truth to mangle, and its rays to shine. But they want solidness. Speak, man, speak thy mind. They drown the weak. Metaphors make us blind. It's hard to uh, kind of convey. He's he's trying, he's given a dialogue of, I guess, some of the feedback he was getting. And uh, he says, they want solidness. And they, they just want you to speak it out. Say what it is. Say, to, say what it is that you're trying to say instead of going about it in this way of um, this allegorical way. And uh, apparently some people said that the metaphors um, blinded them. And I will say when I first read, uh, when I first read Pilgrim's Progress, I did not understand all of the uh, allegories. I did not understand. I say all of that. I didn't understand much of it at all. I, I read through it like a nice story. I thought it was interesting. I mean, there's all kinds of um, happenings along the way that are extremely uh, well-written and, and can get you, if you just enjoy reading in general, I mean, uh, so the interactions that Christian has, is quite amazing. But it didn't, I had no relation to the story, uh, not until recently. And so uh, I kind of feel for these, uh, these people that, um, John Bunyan's talking here that they didn't get what was going on. It, it, the, the meaning wasn't coming across. Uh, and I can say I, I've been there uh, when I've read this book. A solidity indeed becomes the pen of him that writeth things divine to men. But must I needs want solidness? Because by metaphors I speak, were not God's laws, his gospel laws in old olden time held forth by types, shadows, and metaphors? Yet loath will any sober man be to find fault with them, lest he be found for to assault the highest wisdom. No, he rather stoops and seeks to find out what by pins and loops, by calves and sheep, by heifers and by rams, by birds and herbs and by the blood of lambs, God speaketh to him. And happy is he that finds a light and grace that in them be. Wow. <laughs> God uses calves, sheep, heifers, rams, birds, herbs, and the 
the most famous one of them all, the blood of the lamb to speak to us. And happy is he. Wow. And so true. Be not too forward, therefore, to conclude that I want solidness, that I am rude. All things solid and show, not solid be. All things in parable despise not we. Lest things most hurtful, lightful. Let's start over. Lest things most hurtful, lightly we receive. And things that good are of our souls bereave. My dark and cloudy words, they do but hold the truth as cabinets enclose the gold. The prophets used much by metaphors to set forth truth. Yea, whoso considers Christ as apostles, too, shall plainly see that truths to this day in such mantles be. <clears throat> Again, uh, John is John Bunyan is giving his his case for using allegory and giving the gospel and giving the gospel truth. Am I afraid to say that holy writ, which for its style and phrase puts down all wit, is everywhere so full of these things, dark figures, allegories, yet there springs from that same book, that luster and those rays of light that turn our darkest nights to days, that holy writ, the Bible. Come, let my carper to his life now look, and find their darker lines than in my book he findeth any. Yea, and let him know that in his best things there are worse lines too. May we but stand before impartial men to his poor one I dared venture ten, that they will take my meaning in these lines, for better than his lines in silver shrines Come, truth, although in swaddling clouds I find, informs the judgment, rectifies the mind, pleases the understanding, makes the will submit. The memory too it doth fill with, doth our imagination please. Likewise, it tends our troubles to appease. A lot of words there. Um, a, a bit, almost tongue-twisting. Far better than his lies in silver shrines come truth, although in swaddling clouts. I'm going to have to look that up, swaddling clouts. I'm assuming that's some sort of clothing um, that's being referred to here. But he's, and he makes a good point. When, when, the truth is, when the truth is presented in this manner, that he presents it here in this book, it pleases it pleases our understanding, he says. It it makes sense. It's like, okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. And it makes the will submit where when the truth is just laid out maybe in its raw form, it can be easy to say, No, that's that's not the case, or it's it's really not that way. But then when we hear the truth being presented in this way that John presents it in the story of uh Christian in the Pilgrim's Progress. It really, we have to submit our will to what's being presented. There's just no denying the truth of the story. Uh, let's see here real quick. I'm trying to figure out what swaddling clouts mean. If you want to drop something in the chat as to what you think swaddling clouts mean, I would, wouldn't mind that at all. And also, just so you know, um, I do have a link that if you want to jump on this stream, I can send you a link and... Uh, You'll just click on the link. It opens up in your browser. You don't need to download an app or anything. And you can, um, you can, I'll, I'll bring you right up here on the screen if you'd like. But uh, anyways, so for those of you who are watching the recording, um, I want to also say thank you for watching. 
But um, this is a live video, and like I said, if you'd like to interject or comment or do whatever it is that you would to interact um, or uh, be part of this, feel free to do so. Um, I've got the comments here in front of me so I can see anything that you put out there. So let's see. Swallowing clout's definition. A band or cloth wrap, wrapped around an infant, especially around a newborn infant. I was thinking that's what it was. Swaddling clothes, clout's be interested as to why clout was um it's more or less a band i guess like these long uh swaddling clothes that become more uh become more popular here in these recent days uh, for pictures specifically basically the same thing swaddling clouds when you when the truth is wrapped in this method it's a lot easier for us to understand and he makes a good point when when it when it makes, when you can imagine the truth, when you can, when the truth is ha, has a storyline in your head, and you that that's that's when it goes. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I can remember that truth because there's a story that goes along with that truth, and it's easy to remember. Moving on, sound words I know Timothy is to use, and old wives' fables he is to refuse, but yet grave Paul him nowhere doth forbid the use of parables in which lay hid that gold, those pearls and precious stone that were worth digging for, and that with greatest care. Let me add one word more, O man of God. Art thou offended? Dost thou wish I had put forth my matter in another dress, or that I had in these things been more express? To those that are my betters, as is fit, three things let me propound, then I submit. Just one more word, oh man of God. He's talking to the preachers who are uh, were offended that he'd write the truth in such a manner. He says he's going to give one more word, and then he says three things. Let me let me bring up three points, and then we'll call it a day. Number one, I find not that I am denied the use of this my method. So I no abuse put on the words, things, readers, or be rude in handling figure or similitude in application. But all that I may seek the advance of truth, this or that way, denied, did I say? Nay, I have leave, examples too, and that from them that have God better pleased by the words or ways that any man that breatheth nowadays, thus to express my mind, thus to declare things unto thee that excellentest are. I find that men, number two, I find that men as high as trees will write dialogue-wise, yet no man doth wink with them slight for writing so. Indeed, if they abuse truth, cursed be they, and the craft they use to that intent. But yet let truth be free to make her sallies upon thee and me, which way it pleases God, for who knows, for who knows how, better than he that taught us first to plow, to guide our minds, and pens for his design, and he makes base things usher in the divine. Number three, I find that holy writ in many places hath semblance with this method, where the cases do call for one thing to set forth another. Use it I may then, and yet nothing smother truth's golden beams. May by this method, nay, by this method may, may it cast forth rays as light as day. And now, before I do put up my pen, 
I'll show the profit of my book and then commit both me and it and to the hand that pulls the strong down and makes the weak's makes the weak ones stand. Credible three points. So he's he closes out his apology with three things. He says it, O men of God, you preachers who are going to uh, say things against the work that I'm about to put forth. He says, one, I don't see anywhere in Scripture that forbids me to put forth the truth this way. In fact, I see Christ and his disciples using this. Two, he says, I see a lot of other guys write this way using dialogue and nobody winks an eye. And, you know, even worse, they use it to, they use this dialogue method of writing to spread lies. And obviously it's not about the method, it's about what's being pushed. And then finally, he says, he spe- says specifically that I see that the, uh, the, the Bible uses this method of allegory to give us truth. So he's making those three cases for, um, for using this allegorical method of giving um, truth. So he says, um, before I close out, I'd like to uh, show the profit of this book. I'd like to make one more case as to how this book is profitable. This book, it chalketh out before thine eyes the man that seeks the everlasting prize. It shows you whence he comes, whither he goes, what he leaves undone, also what he does. It also shows you how he runs and runs till he comes into the gate of glory, till he unto the gate of glory comes. It shows too how set for life, it, <clears throat> it shows too who set out for life amain, as if the lasting crown they would obtain. Here also you may see the reason why they lose their labor and like fools do die. Tells you this is, you're going to see the man who seeks the prize and gets the prize, and you're going to see the man who seeks the prize, and as much as it looks like he'd win, he doesn't. So you're going to learn about that guy. This book will make a traveler of thee, if by its counsels thou wilt ruled be. It will direct thee to the holy land, if thou wilt its directions understand. Yea, it will make the slothful active be, the blind also delightful things to see. Art thou for something rare and profitable, or wouldst thou see a truth within a fable? Art thou forgetful? Wouldst thou remember from New Year's Day to the last of December? Then read my fancies, they will stick like burrs, and may be to the helpless comforters. So this is, and this is really what it's done for me. I'm, I'm kind of, he describes me in this last paragraph. I'm, I'm forgetful. Like I can't remember what's, what happened yesterday, and I have a trouble remembering things. And he says, if you can't remember, you have a, you're forgetful. Uh, you usually prefer looking into deep theological books to find truth. Listen to my story. Find some truth here, and let the, let the story stick in your brain just because of the way it came across. What's thou diverts? And he makes a good point, as the minds of listless men may affect. Uh, it's like a movie, right? The uh, you, It doesn't take a smart person to watch a movie. You just, uh, you watch the movie and it does the thinking for you. And you remember the truth, remember the moral of the story because of the way it was told. And he says, I mean, look, this works for uh, for the listless, the, the mindless people. Um, let it work for you. 
This book is written such a dialect as the minds of listless men affect. It seems a novelty and yet contains nothing but sound and honest gospel strains. Wouldst thou divert thyself from melancholy? Wouldst thou be pleasant yet far from folly? Wouldst thou read riddles in their explanation or else drown or else be drowned in thy contemplation? Dost thou love picking meat or wouldst thou see a man in the clouds and hear him speak to thee? Wouldst thou be in a dream and yet not sleep? Or wouldst thou in a moment laugh and weep? Or wouldst thou lose thyself and catch no harm and find thyself again without a charm? Wouldst read thyself and read thou knowest not what, and yet know, and yet know whether thou art blessed or not by reading the same lines? O oh, then come hither and lay my book and thy head and heart together. Signed, John Bunyan. Wow. <laughs> He makes a beautiful uh, plea here. He says, are you sad? Come read my book. Would you like to be content instead of getting into trouble? Come read my book. Listen to this story. Are you drowned in your thoughts? You just got too many things to think about? Listen to the story. Are you, do you like, uh, do you like, Picking at the meat, listening listening to doctrine, talking about doctrine, and yet always coming up dry? Would you rather just sit with me, look in the clouds, look at the man in the clouds, and and hear what he has to say? He says, would you rather sleep and would you rather uh, dream and not sleep? Or uh, would you rather in a moment just enjoy the moment, laugh, weep, and enjoy uh, enjoy what's happening this is a story this is the story for you he gives that last uh, beautiful little uh request he says if you're ready to be blessed ready to read what you really don't know what you're reading but be blessed by it regardless then come let's go ahead and lay your lay my book your head and your heart together and uh, let's do this all righty what time is it 622 We'll get into the uh, first page. Um, so the, the first page is a very, so you can just kind of see what I'm reading here. There we go. Um, this is the portion that I just finished. And then this portion. So what you don't get in the um, audio versions are these um, bottom notes here. So the bottom notes uh, are his his notes. So he doesn't really leave his story up to interpretation. Although that's what happens many times, um, he actually he's actually inserting these notes himself. Uh, so it's it's very interesting that at least that's what I'm understanding. Uh, if if I'm wrong, that please correct me. But as far as I can tell, uh, these notes are his very own, uh, just because of the way they're written. Pilgrim's Progress, Part One. You know what? I'm going to end this here. And uh, we'll st- go ahead and start with the clean chapter. Uh, either um, I'm thinking I'm going to be doing this just on weekdays, but uh, this this book here is just a powerful book. I've got a link, an Amazon, an actual affiliate Amazon link. Um, so if you buy uh, the, if you're looking to buy this exact book, maybe follow along, get this edition of it. I don't know why this camera takes so long to. There we go. Get this exact edition of it. It doesn't have just Pilgrim's Progress. It has the Holy War. Um, the Chief of Sinners, Bunyan's Dying, Bunyan's Imprisonment. Uh, 
There's another one here. It's all in the beginning of this book. There's all there's all kinds of different works of John Bunyan. A Relation of the Imprisonment of John Bunyan, Mr. John Bunyan's Dying Sayings, Christian Behavior Being the Fruits of True Christianity, The Barren Fig Tree. That is an extremely convicting um, story there, The Barren Fig Tree, Mr. Bunyan's Last Sermon, and then finally The Water of Life are all books that are included in this print edition. So it's a, it's a very... Uh, I just it's a it's a big book. It's it kind of gets you in the uh, in the zone when you pick it up and read it. Um, but anyways, I was really hoping <laughs> Joey was going to be here this morning so we could get into this first chapter. But anyways, um, if you weren't here for the beginning of the stream, I did talk a little bit about uh, Charles Spurgeon, um, a, a really impactful person. Uh, in the, our most recent years here in um, for believers and Christianity in general. Uh, Charles Spurgeon uh, was known as the Prince of Pe Preachers, and he said of Pilgrim's Progress, it was his favorite book um, outside of the Bible. He said he had read it at least a hundred times, and he would reference the uh, stories in Pilgrim's Progress many times over. Anyways, uh, I will catch up with you guys either tomorrow or Monday morning. <clears throat> Next week is uh, Thanksgiving uh, weekend, uh, Thanksgiving week, Thanksgiving holidays. Um, I will be visiting my uh, in-laws there in West Virginia. So I don't know if I'll be able to stream. I'm going to try to do that. But um, anyways, uh, good morning, brother. Thank you for sharing. I'll definitely check it out. Have a great day. Yeah, you too, Sean. Y'all take care. Hope you have a great day. God bless you.